Welcome to the Bleep Bulimia podcast with guest Leah, who tells her story about recovering from her eating disorder. Hi everyone, I am Laurieann. I'm the host of Bleep Bulimia. And today I'm very pleased to have Leah Pollister with me. She's going to be telling us her story of her journey through eating disorders and recovery. I'm so happy to have you here. Thank you so much for being my guest. Hi, Laurieann. Glad to be here. Thank you for having me. So it's not always easy to discuss having had an eating disorder. So I'm really honored that you're willing to share with us. And uh, first of all, tell us a little bit about yourself and maybe where it started and so on. And as you go along, I'll just ask you some questions. Sure. Um, <clears throat> well, I actually have a, have a background in nutrition and public health. I have a bachelor's in nutrition and master's in public health. And um, so this has been a topic I've been interested in for many years. And I never, I learned about it a lot, but I never thought it could happen to me. I didn't have any issues growing up or, you know, even in adulthood with food or with eating. Um, and then recently when the whole Corona situation hit, I developed an anxiety disorder um, and it hit really strongly in different ways. But one of the ways that it really hit was with, um, with self-harm. And one of those ways was that I, learned that if I purged, it made me feel a lot better. And that was obviously a very bad coping mechanism, but it was a coping mechanism. Um, during, that, during that really difficult time that we all went through with Corona. And I think my situation was a little bit, I mean, everybody had a challenging situation, so I'm not trying to lessen anybody else's situation, but my situation was especially challenging in that my husband was, um, we live in Israel and my husband was working abroad in America that year, um, just coincidentally. And um, he was supposed to come home every six weeks. And because of Corona, which we didn't know about when he left, um, he wasn't able to come home a lot of the times that he was supposed to come home. He got stuck in America and um, we have five children. It was just really stressful. Um, we couldn't have you know, people couldn't come into the house to help me with the kids. And um, the exact same time that that was going on, our roof was <clears throat> getting repaired and our roof was left open because the repair person wasn't able to come to repair the roof because of all of the, you know, rules concerning Corona um, and limitations. And so we had all of the you know, issues of rain and, and weather and whatever. And so there was flooding in our house and it was just a very, very scary time. And this was one of my, one of my ways of learning how to cope with the situation. Wow. That's a lot to deal with Five children flooding. Uh, so just a curious question. Do you know what triggered you to turn to food? Was that and and the purging it was like can you give us a little bit of an idea how did it feel was it like a cleansing was it like how did you feel when you were doing it well it started off with the fact that when I would eat I would just feel very nauseated because of the stress of my situation I, I think I also forgot to mention that my husband was working in a hospital um that 
very quickly became a corona center for the whole western part of Virginia. So that was just a, another added stress. And that was at the time where, you know, there weren't enough masks and, and gowns and whatever for doctors in America. But, you know, so it's just very, very stressful time. But so I, I mean, that was just a, a, a response that my body had to food um, because I was under so much anxiety. Um, and so it wasn't that I had an eating disorder. It was just that I felt, you know, like my, my I think it was just a normal physical response that I just felt like I couldn't, I, when I, I wasn't very hungry. And then when I did eat, I just felt nauseous because I was, I had so much anxiety all the time. And so then I just felt like I have to get this food out. And I know that it wasn't healthy because I have a, I mean, I think most people know that, but especially me because I have a background in nutrition and I learned about eating disorders, but I just had like such a strong um, feeling just that I have to get this food out of me because I feel so sick. And so I actually like went online and learned <laughs> how to, how to do this. And because it wasn't natural for me when I first tried to um, throw up on my own, I couldn't do it. And so I would, I found people who could teach me and give me tricks and whatever. And when I finally did it, it felt really, really good. And so then I just kept doing it. I got a feeling of uh, euphoria when I did it. And so then I kept doing it. And I know that you did reach out um, on forums and for help though, because obviously you realized uh, yeah. there was something there that was not right. Uh, very difficult uh, to find help uh, because particularly when there's other people sharing the experience and trying to recover as well. Now, you said that you were diagnosed as well with, uh, I can't remember exactly if you can maybe share that uh, with what exactly they diagnosed you with. Yeah, so I was diagnosed with anorexia um, subtype, um, the purging subtype. And um, because at the same time that I was dealing with the purging, I also um, wasn't eating well. And um, that was, I guess, another part of my coping was that I, I really lost my appetite. Um, and I also started exercising a lot because that also helped me with my anxiety. I mean, like I said, it, this didn't really start as an eating disorder. It really started as an anxiety disorder and it sort of morphed into an eating disorder, but it, it really was, was different ways of dealing with the extreme anxiety that I had. So the exercising, I mean, I started exercising two, three hours a day, but it wasn't to lose weight. It was to, it was because the exercise actually really helped lower my anxiety, which exercise, you know, naturally does lower anxiety. Um, and I wasn't eating also not to lose weight, but because, um, or not because I had, you know, dysmorphia or anything. It was just because I really wasn't hungry because I just felt so much stress all the time. Um, and then you know, the same with the purging, like it just when I did eat, I felt I felt sick. And so it would help me feel that sense of, of, you know, that I'm getting this food out of me that is making me feel sick, but also the act of purging actually brought upon this, this feeling of euphoria for me, and this feeling of power and um, 
control that I just didn't have in my life. I was com felt completely powerless and completely out of control in my life. Um, and I actually wasn't seeking help for a while. I mean, you found out when I started to seek help, but <laughs> for a long time, I wasn't seeking help because I just really felt like I didn't want to seek help because I needed that those feelings of control and power and euphoria. And um, even though I knew what I was doing was dangerous and, and unhealthy, um, but I just like couldn't couldn't deal with my my circumstances and I didn't have healthy coping mechanisms to turn to um and eventually i mean i think it eventually i know it did really turn into an eating disorder but that was i guess you know i guess that was later on that wasn't that wasn't in the acute phase that wasn't in the initial phase it turned into more of a psychological eating disorder with all the characteristics of the eating disorder of, of the body dysmorphia and and of, you know, wanting to lose weight just for weight loss itself and, um, you know, be looking at my BMI all the time and, and that kind of stuff. That's very interesting because I, I first of all, um, it, you're not a teenager and people, you know, always think eating disorders start in your teens and your 20s. In your particular case, it started later on and right. through COVID which uh, is another thing that there's, it, your message out there is probably going to reach quite a few people because yes, that, it, that isolation, that not being able to do anything, five children, no husband there, um, that makes sense about the anxiety, absolutely. Uh, but even what you're saying as well is that some people, when they start the purging, it's not always uh, due to, feeling that they have to lose weight like sometimes like I mean if you look at you know dancers and so on and so forth it's more almost like a forceful thing that they have to maintain something um, and then they're stressed if they're not so anxiety really if you look at it is a big part of, of quite often eating disorders starting mm -hmm. whether it's things and so this is something we haven't talked about on the show is that being a trigger to that Right. I actually also never heard of people developing eating disorders in their 30s, 40s, 50s, whatever. Um, you know, like I said, I, I didn't have a specialization in eating disorders, but I did learn about them in school. Um, and I didn't think that I could be vulnerable to that. Um, it really surprised me. And since I developed it, I've gone on these groups and asked people, has anybody else developed an eating disorder later in life? And I've learned that I'm not the only one, that there are other people, but obviously it's not the normal, that's not the common um, time to develop an eating disorder. Um, what, what's more common, I guess, is people who have developed them young, you know, in, in, in a more uh, youthful time and then maybe they get better and then it comes out again later in life because of a trigger but for me I really never had um, any kind of eating disorder um, or really any mental health disorders in my youth um, this was something that was really new for me but um, yeah it really was completely anxiety based and not it did not start with um 
with um, wanting to lose weight or with body image um, issues or with, with anything connected to food or, or anything like that. It was completely a coping mechanism due to the, the, my external situation, which, you know, I haven't even gotten into all the details and it's not relevant, but it was just a very, very stressful period of time in my life, which, you know, thank goodness is much, much better now. But um, at the time was really difficult. And then once, once it started, you know, it was just even when things got better for me, it, it was just like, you know, the, the snowball had started going down the hill, and it was just so hard to, to stop it. And even though my environmental situation, you know, with Corona and whatever else was going on, had either resolved itself, or was at least significantly better, I didn't know how to stop the the snowball that it was, had just taken its course and was going faster and faster down that hill. And I, I really, I had become very addicted or habituated to purging and I had become very entrenched in the eating disorder and I really, really didn't know how to get out of it. So tell us a little bit about that. So you do great congratulations I'm so excited about that and I mean I say congratulations I congratulate myself because I've done finally 11 years actually 12 um wow that's amazing and and you know and I stopped at 40 so yeah so I'm going into my 12th year so I started for I stopped at 48 started when I was 18 so Mm -hmm. I went through it for 30 years so when I hear somebody is recovering and, and and is recovered to me, that is a congratulations. Absolutely. It's something to, to celebrate. Uh, so if you can just tell our listeners what brought you to that, where, where you are today. Um, I feel there were really three things. First of all, I mean, it was a very long process. And um, I tried to stop many, many times with the purging before. I mean, I, I really believe that it's been it's been a bit over five months, but I really believe that I'm done for good. I don't think I'm ever going to go back to that, no matter how bad things get in my life. Um, I mean, obviously, I hope they don't, but um, I don't think I'll ever go back to that kind of uh, coping mechanism again. Um, but I think I've um, I think I've uh, got you know. I think I've got different skills now, but um, I, I think the three things that really, really were significant is, first of all, I think it's essential, at least it was essential for me, and I, I would think for anybody is to build up a good support system. Um, I had, first of all, a psychiatrist I found that was very good, um, who prescribed a medication for me. I mean, I don't know if you want me to say the medication or not, because I don't know if it's appropriate for a podcast or... Can you tell me? Um, well, obviously, different medications work on different right. people. Um, you're welcome to say it, uh, but most of the medications you can only get through your psychiatrist anyway, so it's not like I would right. think it's a problem to speak to it. Go ahead. Okay, so the medication that worked for me was Topamax, um, which I think, at least where I live, most people, most psychiatrists haven't really heard of it as as I don't know if it's off-label or on-label for bulimia, but most psychiatrists, at least that I encountered, hadn't even heard of it as working for bulimia. So I really um, had to find a psychiatrist that 
was willing to prescribe that. And that took a while. So that's one thing I think that really, really helped me. Um, another one was that I, um, that I was working with a therapist. I think it was very, very good. Um, and another one was that I found a dietitian who I think was very good. Um, and another one was that I finally opened up to my husband and that really took a lot of courage for me at least. Um, I hid this from him for a long time, like a couple of years, I think. Um, and just also the support that I got through Facebook. I joined several different um, eating disorders groups on Facebook. Um, I'm not really active on other social media platforms, but I am active on Facebook. So for me, that was a way to get support because I am not somebody that, you know, knows people in my everyday life that suffer from eating disorders or talks about it in my everyday life. So this was a way to get support from real people, but in a more, I guess, anonymous kind of way where people are, you know, comfortable talking about things and answering questions and stuff like that and giving support and getting support. So that was really all very good for me. Um, and then at the same time, even with all of that support, um, things were still really bad for me. And I feel like what really changed my life is that I really hit rock bottom for me. What really hit, really was hit, hitting rock bottom was that um, I had been purging, but I was purging in private. I never did it in public, um, you know, in bathrooms. And if I did do it outside, it was at night in places where, you know, I felt like I was in private. But um, this one time I had eaten cheesecake and I felt really, really guilty and um, really felt like I had to purge. And I knew that I was not going to have an easy opportunity because I was on my way to pick up one of my children and go back to my house. And then at my house, there were going to be two more of my kids. As I said, I have five kids, but there was going to be three kids home. And um, it, I, you know, I'm, my kids don't know about this. So um, I felt very desperate. And so um, it was in the middle of the day and I just purged outside, you know, there's where we live, it's a city. So there wasn't like a, you know, a covert private place that I could go to. So I just purged like in a trash can and I don't know who was watching and who wasn't, but I felt very, very vulnerable. And I really, that really made me very disappointed in myself that I felt that desperate. Um, and then because I was, you know, not expecting to do that, it wasn't a planned thing. I didn't really have a way to clean up afterwards and prepare myself between then and picking my son up from preschool. So it just was a really uncomfortable experience for me that I then had to go to pick him up and I still wasn't cleaned up. And so, you know, then I went home and I really felt so embarrassed and um, I felt like, you know, this is not me. This is not the way I want to leave my life. And I think that really motivated me to change. Um, and then I posted about that on Facebook on some groups about how I really wanted to change. And somebody sent me um, a, uh, a, um, a link to a um, article, it's called Playing the Tape Forward. 
And it was actually because I felt like this was an addiction for me, just like any other addiction, even though, you know, it's not a chemical addiction like like drugs. But to me, it had become an addiction, I guess, an emotionally based addiction. And um, it, this article was about somebody who had an addiction to alcohol and had was able to move through the addiction. Um, and I feel like this article really could speak to any addiction or habit, not just alcohol. And so for me, I used it towards my addiction to purging and it really, really helped me. It was basically about using um, the method of looking at each step. So, you know, if you're thinking, because my problem was I had quit um, many times um, purging, but then I would go back to it because there would be this voice in my head, which would say, okay, you know, just one more time won't hurt. You know, you, you ate this, but you know, it'll never happen again kind of thing. You know, if you just do it, this will be your last time. It won't, it won't be so bad. And that, that article really spoke to that kind of mentality, which I think most of us have where we can justify things in our minds. And so this, this article is like, okay, playing the tape forward. So if you do this, then what'll happen? And if you do that, what'll happen is sort of the cascade of steps until, you know, you get to that really bad point again, where, you know, the full blown, you know, you become a full blown alcoholic again, let's say in this article where, you know, you had, you had been doing really well, let's say for X amount of time. And so for me, that really spoke to me because I had been able to, let's say, quit for, you know, a few days or even, a few weeks or a few months, but then I always went back to it. Um, and I think after reading that article and processing it, it really changed my life because now when I get that desire, I think about that article and I think about what it taught me and then I, I internalize it. And that's how I really know that uh, I really believe at least that I'll never go back to it because rather than it just being something in the future, like, um, you know, oh, yeah, I know this is unhealthy for me. If I keep this up for the rest of my life or for, you know, for a year or something, yeah, I could get this disease or I could get that problem. But now it's like, no, right now, if I do this, then in five minutes, this will happen. In a day, this will happen. In two days, that will happen. And so it becomes an immediate, an immediate thing. And so that's how it really changed for me when I read that article. And so now I don't, I'm not, I'm able to not listen to that little voice that says, oh, you can just do it one more time. So that's what really helped me. That's beautiful. Would you be able to uh, provide me with the information for that article and the author? Yeah, absolutely. We can put in the notes. Mm-hmm. So we'll absolutely. have those in the notes for the listeners if you want to uh, to read it. I really appreciate you sharing that. And you're right yeah. too, because we look, it's like anything we go, well, just for today, you know, just for today. But you're right. I like that idea of saying, no, make it immediate, make it immediate. Um, Really appreciate, again, you being here, Leah. It's, uh, the listeners are going to get a lot from this and, uh, and it's not easy to talk about, but so I'm very, very uh, grateful that you're on here sharing it with the others. And, uh, and you know, recovery, like you said, I, I don't want to go back to it. I mean, I can, even to get to the point where you're recovering, you go, why did I even do that? I mean, you get it. There was, for me too, I had it as a coping mechanism for periods of my life uh, where the stress was really big. You know, you're working your kids, this is going on, mm-hmm. this is going on. And it's a go-to. 
But once you get to that point where you're comfortable in yourself, um, even when you go through stresses, it's not your go-to anymore. And yeah. that's when it's a great feeling, right? So, so happy you've gotten to that. Yeah. Really and I mean, there's, there are still things that I miss about it, but the things that I don't miss about it are so much greater that I overall am so, so happy that I stopped. I feel so much better now, physically, emotionally, just there's no comparison. And, uh, and how did you just quickly before we go, how did your husband take it? Like, how was that for him when you did that, which you're right, is very courageous to do is when you're sharing with somebody that you love what's going on. How did he take it that I start, that I told him about it or that I stopped? Yeah. How did he, how did he react to just you telling him about you having gone through that experience? Um, well, when I shared it with him originally, of course he was very concerned and I mean, he's a doctor, so he also knows all of the dangers and he also knows how, how addictive, you know, it can be. And, um, so he was very concerned and afraid for me. Um, but, um, it did, I think, bring us closer together because at least he knew that I was honest with him and sharing it with him rather than, you know, sneaking around. Um, and of course, you know, he's really proud of me that I was able to stop. And I mean, really, it's like the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. So, and I, you know, I don't know if he completely realizes that, but I think he does realize that it is difficult, that it was difficult for me. So... And he's proud of me for that. That's amazing. And they always say, and you be proud of yourself because you. that's really something um, important to hold on to is, is being proud of yourself for doing it because it's, uh, it's, it's your journey. And, Thank and you. Own it. And I just want to say one last thing. I feel like if I did it, I really feel like anybody with enough support really can do it because I was so entrenched in it. I mean, at my worst, like I was purging almost everything I was eating, even if it was something that was healthy. And um, I mean, it was something that was really affecting my life, like affecting, you know, where I would go, who I would see. It was, it had become like a dominant part of my life. And so I feel like if I was able to change, even though it was difficult, I feel like, you know, anybody could do it if they really try and I'm not judging anybody I'm not saying this to judge somebody who hasn't been able to do it but I'm saying like I really feel like people shouldn't give up because I you know it took a, a long time and it took a lot of effort but I feel like that there there is hope for anybody beautiful and I agree with you there is there's hope and and full recovery is absolutely doable when people say that it's not it really it really is it takes time yeah. but it is doable. Yeah. Thanks again, Leah. Really Thank appreciate you. it. And uh, right. have a great Thank day. Thank you so much. Care. You too. Bye-bye. <laughs>